Oh, there's been a penalty. Uh, who's uh, somebody's been penalised? Yeah. Why? What did they do? Hold on. Did they uh, on. steal something, or is this a football thing? Are you talking yeah, of course, about it's a football thing. As, uh, as I'm looking on the uh, looking on the World Cup page on the BBC, because it's World Cup season. It is World Cup season. You can only shoot World Cups for 31 days every uh, every four. Oh, Muller scored. Whereas apparently, oh, it's can, one nil, one nil to Germany. Apparently, you can shoot Brazilian teenagers all year round. Cognitive dissidence. Dissonance. Dissidents. Dissidents. You can shoot cognitive dissidents. That's true. Anytime, anytime you, you like. Because they're dissidents. They are dissidents. They, they are deserve a- shooting. I went a long way away from the microphone there. There we go. Good, good. This You're is probably right? about where I'm going to be for most of the show. Are you happy with uh, how the we're, show. Reco- we're recording? <laughs> we're making a podcast. Is how the song would probably start. There'd be other words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you've listened to any of the shows recently, James, mm. but I like to put a little bit of the the the, the podcast starts mm. a tiny bit, like a little yeah, cold open, yeah. and then I stop it at an opportune moment, yeah. and then it starts in the show, mm. maybe linked to what was going on before, maybe not. Yeah. Um, sometimes you are so entertaining, thank you, that it's quite difficult to know when to cut off and go into the next. It's true for life, isn't it? It's true. It is true. I quite often don't know where to cut off. I've got performance anxiety now. My energy I'm not levels. I'm going to be able to for weeks. <laughs> my um, my energy levels. Mm. I'm feeling I'm feeling the pull of entropy ah. on me. Second law of uh, thermodynamics. Yeah, I worried uh, as to whether or not I got the word entropy right when I was thinking about it earlier on. Uh, so I looked it up, and apparently it means like four different things, and they're all quite different things. Yeah. But what I mean is, my system is degrading. Yes. And uh, and I think it's got a natural tendency to degrading. I can't see it getting better. I can only see it getting worse. Unless there's a like a huge medical breakthrough in the next, say, like you know, twenty, thirty years, mm. that actually reverses. Maybe stem cell technology will reverse the aging process. But then there comes a point. I think, as we said before, that sort of for people like us, life weighs so heavy on your shoulders after a point that actually, maybe death would be a fucking blessing. Well, yeah. But I think that's maybe more because uh, entropy is already taking hold. If I had a jolt of energy, you see, kind of part of the point of having a child was that we could maybe farm him for parts later. Mm. But I've got quite attached to him. Yeah, now. I quite like mine. I'm feeling, um, uh, I'm just, I don't know, it was quite an emotional, quite, quite a busy weekend, lots of fun. But I'm, uh, by the end of it, I was very much ready to sleep. And then um, I was quite tired and emotional, and I've woken up with a little bit of a headache. Apparently, mm. four shandies yeah. still have alcohol in them. Yes. Well, that's like two pints. Yeah. But I figured if I spread those two pints over mm. five hours, I'd be okay. But apparently what actually happens is that at the same time, you're not really drinking anything else. So you're not taking True. in any other fluids. And, um, and you're getting more tired and disoriented. And it's been very humid and sweaty. Yeah, yeah, it was very humid and sweaty. And maybe it, it was my... We, we finally got round to my birthday celebration yesterday. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. Um, I, I know this is all a surprise to you. Um, but we, so we finally, we finally got round to that. And uh, it was nice and it was lovely. And there were lots of people there. And I'm always a little bit anxious because we weren't sure who was going to come. We knew there weren't going to be many people. And we didn't know what times everyone was going to be turning up. But at least I knew it was going to be people I knew. And there was going to be one wild card, which was um, a friend of ours who we haven't seen for a really long time was going to bring her boyfriend. It was going to be the first time we'd met him. So uh, uh, so it, that was interesting because uh, my tension isn't how I'm going to deal with strange people. It's how – and all of the people I know are strange. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Um but it's not how I'm going to deal with people. It's how people are going to deal with each other that makes me quite tense. That's why usually I'd I'd pick a, a, a busier pub in the evenings where people aren't 
you know they'll come with their yeah. friends and maybe they'll talk to each other and I'll get to talk to them at some point rather than the difficult like social groups intermingling it's mm. um so that was interesting there was an interesting thing the spikes that people were putting in their doorways um i saw a lot of people attributing that to i think the tory government or just the government in general yeah the tory government which i, I don't like them no. i especially don't like the way they are happy to shill for the sun newspaper mm. at the moment that's the thing that's really bugging me all, they all of them all three of them yeah, yeah but um but I think the spikes were done by, by put like I think the spikes that were put in in housing by flats a, a, and stuff. a private owner of yeah. a private block of flats, which I don't think is okay. But I think we might be dis- mis- misdirecting our anger. Yeah, but rich capitalist equals Tory. So, well, whereas rich capitalist equals Labour? Question mark. Scratch out the question mark. Tick. <laughs> I'm really confused right now. Did I tell you about the entropy thing? That means my synapses, yeah. all of the links I've spent all of these years making, I think are falling apart. I'm I'm genuinely feeling less clever uh, by the day. Isn't that amazing? I once almost um, seriously fell out with a friend of mine who worked in a pub called the Guildhall Tavern in Winchester who failed to phone me um, many years ago when Philippa Forrester came into uh, came into the pub uh, we were in our early 20s then and um, in my own deluded way I thought despite the fact I was with Nicola and very happy and in love um, I thought that if I were to meet Philippa Forrester in, uh, in real life I would immediately she'd fall in love with me and I'd be able to woo her yeah well I mean I'm sure Nic- Nicola would understand that as well it was mm. Philippa fucking Forrester absolutely I think she'd have accepted that hmm maybe she could write in and tell us I know she listens <laughs> I uh, I didn't meet Keith Chegwin once. That was a thing. Uh, when you didn't meet him, did he um, have or have not his pants on? He was he was in the middle of town mm. uh, doing a spot for some breakfast show. It wasn't oh, even right. breakfast, so it was obviously like a pre-recorded thing. So that yeah. was a bit distressing. And one of my housemates thought it was at the time thought it would be hilarious to take him a can of top mm. deck shandy. Oh wow, lemon and lime or standard. Shandy. I don't. I don't know because the only thing, uh, the only thing more hilarious than uh, Keith Chegwin is goading uh, an, a recovering alcoholic with a shandy. Oh, I see. Yeah, that that's was, that clever. was the joke. Um, and I was like, well, not only am I disappointed that this that this show that pretends to be live clearly isn't live. I think it must have been. Do you think it was the big breakfast? I. It might have been the one with Ian Lee. That wasn't a breakfast show, was it? I think he took over Rise or something. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. Oh, either. there was, wasn't there? There yeah, was I a think, thing after I the Big Breakfast. Um, they really checked out of morning TV after that, didn't Channel they? Channel just couldn't be asked. Just Frasier now. Yeah, Frasier. Yeah. That is how you... Is that yeah. how you say it? It's how I Not say Fraser. it. Frasier. Frasier. House of Frasier. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, and so not only was it not real... Like, oh, mm. do you mean what? So it's not really live. And I yeah. I love that program and I really believed it was live. But also I thought, I, you know, I'm in my 20s. Things are pretty bad. But I don't think they're quite goading a celebrity alcoholic in the street bad. Not not just yet. That's not, no, that's not. Although he is one of those celebrities that make you feel slightly itchy. I wouldn't want to be... I, I live in fear of being dragged into some televised jollity. Yeah. I just, I, oh, I just, you know, when people are in audiences, it's what puts me off going to see television shows made. When people get involved in, um, in television shows, I always remember like NTV on on Noel's house party being a particularly traumatic time. Just in case, what if that week it's our house and I'm going to be forced to pretend I'm jolly in front of the nation when really I'm embarrassed and I fear the judge. I mean, I fear the judgment of strangers on the street. The thought of the thought of 15 million people judging me is is crushing. Quite honest with you. Yeah, I've never seen the funny side of any of that stuff. No, but then we're like that. Pronunciation, sorry, got me thinking about something quite interesting. I was watching the World Cup. Uh, Were you? Over the weekend. I'm surprised and astound me. I'm very tired on Saturday. The reason I was um, a bit hazy when I got to your uh, soiree on Sunday is there was 11 hours of football on Saturday evening. First match started at 5pm. 
The final one started at two. It was light when I went to bed Sunday morning, which I haven't done for a very long time, um, which is very nice. And I only got about four hours sleep because my daughter wanted to wake me up to give me my card and my uh, goggles, more of mm. which later. Mm. But I was watching, I think it was the Columbia game, and there was uh, a player called, uh, it was very good, called uh, Janes um, Rodriguez. I was like, oh, he's very good. He's very excited. He scored a goal, and he reeled away. And on the back of his shirt, he had uh, the, the word James written. This is very strange. Apparently, in South America, James is pronounced Janes. Really? So from now on... You want I'd me to call quite, you James? I'd quite like to be called James. Okay, I'm going to do that. James. 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 Yeah. A lot of people were complaining about... Uh, the Greeks were terrible, by the way. Henri... Is it Henri Thierry's... Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry's accent, or the way he was talking. And I was like, hmm, I don't know who they're talking about. This name is familiar to me. I think he's quite attractive, isn't he? He is. Thierry Henry's been excellent on the World Cup. Um, Phil Neville, possibly, they were complaining about the way he was talking. People were complaining about him, but a few people were also talking about... The other chat. I think people were just complaining. Was it Fabio Cannavaro? No, I don't think it was him who was complaining. Well, I'm I'm not sure he'd be able to uh, complain. He's one of the ITV pundits. Wonderful um, footballer. He's a World Cup winner in 2006 with Italy. He won a whole... Just the team was just him. Well, he he captained that team. Okay. Virtually incapable of forming a cogent thought in English. Not his fault. English isn't his first language. And frankly, if I was given a meal ticket by an uh, an Italian uh, TV station to go out and summarise for them uh, in Rio, I don't give a monkey's. I can't speak Italian, but I'm still going to chip up. Would you do it in the accent like that footballer did? Reece, the the other footballer, Steve did. McLaren or Joey Barton? The I don't know. He was on French TV, and oh, so Joey he was Barton. talking in the French yeah. accent. That's but do you know what's weird to me? Right, people found um, um, McLaren and Barton because Steve McLaren did it in a kind of pigeony sort of Dutch accent. Um, Joey Barton um, in a French accent. But I remember when I worked in a hotel when I was young. And everyone sort of adopted this mid-European accent. It's how everyone spoke to each other. Because I guess what you don't realise is where people, you're speaking to groups of people from different parts of Europe, because, you know, you had Spanish people, French people, German people, um, were uh, typically working, a couple of Swedish people working there. It was quite a cosmopolitan place to work. Um, but there was no shared accent and the only shared um as such and the only shared language was English so to be able to communicate clearly you had to kind of neutralise your accent right that's interesting and it wasn't patronising it wasn't taking the piss it was like so you could be understood really clearly you end up if you're communicating in English you end up adopting this strange accent to be able to sort of speak in a manner that they're going to understand because I think a lot of the guys that I work with learn English at home uh, learn English back in their homes Mm -hmm. So therefore, the people they spoke English to had their had the accent from the, whichever country they came from. So there was this weird neutralisation of accent. Because I remember Olivier, um, the sous chef, was French, spoke excellent English. But even he kind of changed up his accent when he was talking to those who were struggling with the language Lamont to this weird mid-European sort of... How weird. It, it was very, very Professional strange. Professional kitchens are really weird, though. It's not... I, you know, I'm not, at this point, I'm not even sure I could recreate how it sounded as well. It's sort of... But I remember, I remember we all did it. My head's been ticking over on accents, and it's just not—it's not even worth me trying. Um, but the—the the, I noticed after a little bit of this, someone tweeted uh, something along the lines of, "All of those people who are slagging off uh, uh, Thierry Henry, Thierry Henry, Thierry Henry, uh, should just remember that." He's speaking in a second language. Beautifully. Which is pretty amazing. Just really, it's just pretty amazing. Terry Henry's... um, Because English people just don't. We hardly speak. uh, And the thing that does my head in about um, Terry Henry is not only does he speak really eloquently about the game, but his accent is genuinely beautiful. He's got a lovely speaking voice. Can you do his accent? I can't. No, it's too beautiful. Because you only really do... Um, mm. Ugly accents. I do. You? Only I cannot do a beautiful French accent. See, it's so beautiful, I can't do it. He I really, think it's nice. It just sounds like your nose is a bit blocked. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I fall in love with him a little bit every time he opens his mouth. I can That's understand that. That's what she that. said. I don't. 
<laughs> no, I can, under- I can understand that. Good. That makes sense. I feel that way a little bit about James Dean, but that's we've talked about that. And Stoyer, can I ask you, and this is a bit of a non sequitur, yeah. can, can I ask you a question? About yes. pimples. What's the question? As, okay. as, as a grown man, yeah. can I ask you about pimples? I had a pimple um, last couple of days, a zit, yeah. as it were, um, that grew in a way that I've never had a zit grow before. I had quite a lot as a, as a teen. Um, it, I was lucky. It, the, the zit phase only lasted a couple of years. It wasn't mm. ages. Got really bad for a bit and then cleared up quite nicely. Um, but yeah, I had a zit this week in a place I'd never had it before. My nose started feeling sore. Oh no! Like the outside, you know, the bottom, of the, the yeah. side of the nostril started feeling a bit sore. And I'm like, I, I was waiting for ages and ages for a head to appear on the outside of the nostril. I've had a zit on my nose before. Yeah. But I was waiting for the 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 head to appear, and it just wouldn't. And then I happened to be, I think it was in in the car. I was looking in the in the vanity mirror in the car while we were going to pick up our cat. We picked mm-hmm. up our cat at the weekend. The, the the head of the pimple was inside the nostril. I've never had that. It was inside the nostril of all the places. I find them on the outside of the mm. nostril particularly painful because it's a really you can't really get mm. it, and it's a really. You want to try getting to it when it's inside the no, nostril, that my friend. Horrible. It was very odd. I get them under my beard quite a lot now, and I didn't. I didn't really have them in my teens. Mm. I didn't really start getting spots until my twenties, when you mm. know, no longer really know. Yeah. And there's no Google. And I didn't really have other people going through the same stuff, so it was a bit weird. No, but there were adverts for like Oxy. Yeah. I used OxyPads. I didn't really use anything. I just, I don't know what I did really. I can't remember. Um, but I get them under my beard and it's quite mm. bad. And when you get a scratch under your beard, that's quite nasty because it mm. just, anyway, spots are horrible. No, I've never had that. It was weird, it's gone. But yeah, I noticed that as we were picking up our cat, we have a new, a new pet in our in our home, which is very nice, Frank. I um, boy or girl? It's a boy. I I, I boasted. You know, I was going to say what a stupid question, but we've got two guinea pigs who are female, and they're called Larry and Billy, respectively. So, um, yeah, but we 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 went to pick him up, so we've got a, we've got another another member of the family, which is very nice. He was. How's he doing? Took a little while to warm up uh, last night. Started to assert his authority. On the dogs or on the people? Uh, he, he he sort of camped out on the bed, the Nicky Irony. He was enjoying a bit of fuss. Our poor little black Labrador, mm-hmm. Lois. He'd had a couple of nose-to-nose moments with him and, and they'd been fine. Lois made the mistake of trying to put her head on the bed last night. He didn't like that at all. So a little bit of hissing and the old the old claws came out, patted her around the nose and she sort of backed off yelping. So... I'm, I'm well. I, basically, he, he said to the dogs, "Look, I might be smaller than you, but I think you'll find I'm the daddy now." Are you going to let him charge. do that? Um, you've kind of lot. Of, you've got to let it find its level. Yeah. To be honest with you, cats generally. Our, our cat Millie, even though she wasn't a very assertive cat, the dogs could only get so close to her. How did the cat deal with the? Because you had some loud neighbour stuff going on. On the Saturday night? Saturday night into Sunday morning. We didn't see very much of her, of him. Jesus. But um, it was... His he, name's Frank. It's yeah, confusing. It was his... Yeah, that's true. It was his first night in the flat, so... Because... Uh, oh, that led to a bit of awkward... Sorry, I've just remembered the picking up process. That led to a little... Me... I, sometimes I call it our house. Sometimes I call it the flat, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, we hadn't, uh, for no particular reason, we hadn't given our, we just sometimes we're saying we're in flat one and the number of our, our house. Sometimes we just give the number of our house. There's only two flats. It's converted. We know Paul and his family live upstairs really well now, you know, so post doesn't get confused between the two of us. Sometimes we just put our address. We forget the flat bit. It's sort of quite fluid, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, the way we deal with that. So in all the correspondence we'd had with the Blue Cross and the person who was fostering um, Frank um, uh, uh, Cattery, we'd, we we'd always referred to the house. And, and like I say, we weren't attempting to be duplicitous. Mm. We've got a large flat. It's on the ground floor and a large garden attached to it. Essentially, we live in a house that just doesn't have an upstairs. Um, and just as we're loading him, I'd, I'd stayed in the car. Nicky had gone in to collect him because Scarlett was asleep in the back of the car. So um, I was just sort of there checking to see if she's okay. I don't like I don't like leaving her asleep in the car. I, I you know she gets a bit freaked out sometimes when she wakes up. Maybe I'm too protective. Who knows? You write in and tell me. But um, 
as I'm loading him in, uh, we were talking about there'd been some debate about whether we we're going to call him Hobbs or whether we we're going to call him Frankie. Um, and I was advocating Hobbs and, and Scarlett was flipping between the two um, until obviously because Nicola gets more access to Scarlett she was able to indoctrinate the idea into her that he was that called Frankie right. and she gave me quite a hard time saying oh I did not I did not but she did she's spending all the time with Scarlett she indoctrinated that name into her I never had a chance with Hobbs um, Nicola really took advantage of me and I don't normally say that but Nicola on this occasion really um, kind of uh, took the piss, frankly. Nicola, I know you listen. So, oh, did she listen? I didn't know. So you can uh, you can send us in a, a comment or or something. Uh, we'll give you the address to do that in a minute. Uh, we'll do a bit of admin in a second when James has finished this this story because I think he's derailed himself a little bit. Not, um, not at all. She was telling me how how popular Hobbs had been as a name. She was complimenting us. And Nicola was saying, oh, no, I think we've changed our name. I've indoctrinated my daughter. We're going to call him Frankie. We really like the name. And then I said, oh, no, no. Well, we won't be fully decided until we walk through the front door of the flat. I felt a certain iciness to send at this point. And the woman shot me a cold stare and she said, the flat. Nicola luckily was there and went into an immediate, oh, he gets a ground floor. But it, it hadn't occurred to me that it might be even a consideration for these people that that a flat would not... And there was... The, she, she didn't say anything. It was left. It, but it, there was this whole... The whole time, and, and now even, there's this whole sort of... How did I manage to cause awkwardness in a situation where there was no need for awkwardness? It feels like I, if, if there's a way to re- railroad myself, a way to make a lovely experience weird, mm-hmm. uncomfortable, give me some angst or anxiety, I will find a way. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit confusing because... Uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the terms of you getting the cat were, but if it's an outdoor cat, there's going to be something in there about if it's a cat that's used to going outdoors, mm. they wouldn't necessarily want it to go into a house with. And flat has connotations, like, even though you're in it, and you know that anyway. But mm. even though it's because I've thought that when you refer to it, because I don't mm. think of your place as a flat. Um, it's quite it's quite a decent size it's for more, a flat it's more like a ground floor masonette yes I, that's what I'd say um, or I can see why you'd call it house because you've got easy access it's like mm. one front door yeah. um, that's got, why it's a flat you've got the garden mm. and um, alright it's amazing if it's got two different f- yeah it's uh, amazing okay. it has its own front door so um, yeah I can see that I can see that but I don't think you're necessarily at fault I think that's just one of those things that's going to happen well, As we have more diverse, uh, diverse lifestyles mm. and living situations, and uh, ways that developers have uh, have uh, have tried to make extra money out of uh, simple houses, mm. we're going to find that sort of thing That's happening true. more and more. The, um, the, the best thing though, he has bonded really quickly with Scarlett. He's taken to sleeping under her bed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was making a fuss of her last night after she went to bed and laid on her bed for a little bit. So that's really nice. Not on her face though. Uh, no, that that's babies. Um, right. Scarlet is is old enough. Do you know what, Nikki? Nikki was kind of worried about the cat being in Scarlet's room. It's because they like to eat their souls. That's true. Are they they eat our souls? Yeah, they eat our souls. But um, so do I. I hate cows. Um, Nicola was a little bit worried about that, and I'm putting out. She's like she's almost four years old. She can push a cat off her face. Yeah, that's the real she's, concern. She's isn't strong it? enough to push a cat off her face. We should be fine. Yeah, and I don't think there's ever any malice in the cats. But yeah. that's like, especially in more traditional or. Um, I think there was a concern when people in our family started getting a concern in the extended family when people in our family started getting dogs and cats mm. and stuff about exactly that stuff. Yeah, our dogs have never eaten our baby, our cat has never sat... I mean, we had a cat when Scarlett was a baby, and we... Millie was a funny cat, but we um, we controlled access to Scarlett's room. I mean, we didn't yeah. we didn't take the risk that she'd do it. I, I've never heard of it happening ap- apart from apocryphally, but... Not with a... Especially not with a cat that doesn't really like to get around that much and... Millie was a funny one though she... She was fucking hilarious she was very strange she had a very wry but very blue sense of (laughs) humour 
We, uh, she's a very Ryan blue cat. Yeah, a little bit racist sometimes as well. I think when she'd had a couple of drinks, the humour got a bit racist, which made me feel uncomfortable. In your house, how? But in the end, we killed her. So, um, you know, uh, we, we paid for a man to kill her. So ultimately, we had the last laugh. We had a similar conversation uh, talking about um, uh, we went and looked at one of the things we did at the weekend was we uh, some friends were down. There was a, there was a DFS sale at DFS. And DFS. We, we are thinking DFS. And DFS. We're thinking of buying a new sofa when we move into a new house. Oh, congratulations. Our a bit shit. Yeah. Um, and so the concern, there was a concern about the dogs we had to make decisions about whether or not we were going to get don't have them put down not just no, no, no. getting a uh, but about getting the <laughs> getting the sofas treated um, if we did buy them we haven't made a decision on that yet but so we were talking about it after we were talking about it there and uh, and we were talking about it afterwards this is we'd probably be getting it financed to like you pay over four years or whatever and God, that uh, indoctrination from the 90s really took hold didn't it it's interest free though yeah no one ever saves up do they um, so we were talking. We were talking about that, and we were talking about whether it'd be good for Noah and if the dogs would be all right with it. And once we got in the car afterwards, Amy and I sort of said to each other, "I think we picked very different ways to say the same thing, but but we both admitted uh, to to each other and our friends that the whole time we were talking about having this sofa for at least five years, uh, four years." Um, while also talking about the dogs, we were both quite conscious that Anya might not be around for all of that period, the Dalmatian. She's the older mm. one. And every time we talk about a length of time mm. and plans, and um, we've kind of got that in the back of our head because she's, I think, 10 now. Jesus, really? and And pedigree dogs like Dalmatians don't always last that mm. long. So um, so that's quite depressing. I, this, I, I can joke about it, but I think I'll probably be in bits like if we're if we're podcasting around the time that that happens i would suggest that you probably do the same thing that i would intend to do i think if anything happened to code and lois or when anything happens to and lois i'll probably take a short hiatus because i might I've, have to i act very glibly about about our dogs but i love them very deeply they are such a part of our family I was in the. Uh, I mean, well, I think we have very we have kind of different day to day relationships with our dogs. I think I'm a little bit more matter of fact and maybe a bit stricter with R two. Maybe I don't. I, mean, I don't know if that's unfair because then I don't. But I don't see you in the house when. Oh, I shout at them. They annoy yeah, the shit out of me when, when you're alone. But I I love them deeply. I, they they're such sweet animals. Anya was, um, uh, the, I've lit. I've had her since she was born. Yeah. So I don't know if I've told the story on I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast before, but um, I was in a relationship with a girl who had a, a, a female Dalmatian. While we were with each other, were we, you the sire? No, we knew someone um, else who we used to see at the park where you walk your dogs. I think actually it's called Fremantle Lake Park, yes. Southampton fans. Um, and they had a Dalmatian, a male Dalmatian. He was stupid, but he was a very handsome dog, and they wanted to, they maybe wanted to breed with him before they got him done and all that. So literally, we had the litter, and it was a litter of twelve pups. And Anya was the smallest, and she wasn't breathing when she came out and stuff like that. So, um, so she was always going to be the one. She couldn't feed herself because she couldn't really compete with the other pups so um she was always going to be the one we kept yeah but then when we broke up like almost uh when my girlfriend at the time and i broke up which was almost a year later Mm. and anya was still a bit of a wreck like a wreck she wouldn't really go to the toilet when we went for walks and stuff she'd only ever go to the toilet in the house and she was a bit of a nightmare but at that point we had the mother dog and the and the baby dog and um the my that that uh, girl broke up with me she moved out is it because your dog wouldn't stop pissing and pooing all over the no, house no because it was our dogs oh i'm sorry um and the decision was made that we'd each have one of the dogs which i kind of fought for and obviously the older dog had been her dog before so i had anya but that was a there was a really tough couple of months some of which i spent signed off from work because it was a it was it was one of those really heavy duty the, the relationship was hard on yeah, me yeah. Um, 
So, and we ended up living in just this one room of this house for like a couple of weeks before moving. And then it was just me and the dog. And literally it was just us for um, ages. And so that's kind of the relationship I have with Anya. She's a bit stupid and she can be annoying sometimes. But my relationship with her isn't. She's I, been a constant. It it makes it sound a little. I, I, I'm conscious now that I'm telling this story that it makes it sound a little bit like we. Uh, we there was some comfort taking. She, I got, I only got emotional comfort from her. There was no, no dodgy stuff, no sexual. That was such a lovely. Be- do you know that was such? I've never heard you talk about Anya, in quite that manner before. It's a really lovely, touching story about how this, how this lovely nervous dog you helped bring her out of her shell, help make her a uh, slightly, slightly less neurotic animal, and how she helped you through a really tough breakout. And you, you basically, you've been there for each other constantly for the last ten years, and you ruin it. No, no, by, I know because by, by insisting on telling everyone that you weren't boning her, which because, why now I think you were. Because you hear a story like that, and of course that's where it ends up, isn't it? You help it, each other bring each other yeah. out of your shell. You, one of you's damaged, the other one is neurotic. No, but now I think about it, she's a groin nuzzler, and I think that's training. That that did not happen. What James is saying did not happen. I love that dog, but it's platonic. It's like father-daughter love, but not the dodgy kind. I think you protest too much. Um. So, anyway, if you think I protest too much, <laughs> you can let's do some admin. Send Nick a link we, to like, some dog... V- we, we, we've been we've been talking don't send me a link to anything like that we've been talking for a little while I know we've got a couple of things we want to cover so um, we got a very lovely email from a friend of the show Peter Hammerson um, he as we we asked last week if people had any ghosty weird experiences he sent us a brilliant email he sent us a really good mm-hmm. one um, we're not going to cover that this week but we'll probably talk so about that at some point ghosts soon. and superstitions yeah um, you can listen to all of the shows and post Post on post comments on any of the shows uh, by going to the website at twogrownmen.net yeah. or 2gm.co. You can uh, you can post on there. You can also uh, leave comments uh, and join the page on Facebook. There's a Two Grown Men page on Facebook. Um, we're on Stitcher. Yes. We're on uh, – obviously, we're on the iTunes store because everyone is, I think – um, and on, and you can subscribe to us at pretty much any podcatcher that you choose to mm. use. But if you want to leave a comment at any of them, especially iTunes, especially Stitcher, mm. that would be lovely. I'll include links to both of those in the extensive show notes I put on every episode. All of these episodes are also on SoundCloud as well. So if you use SoundCloud or you know anyone who uses SoundCloud, um, go ahead and listen to it there. Yeah. You can leave comments actually in the bit that you are in, in this bit. You by. can be OMG. He's doing admin in the middle of the show again. I know. I know. I wish they'd talk about stamps.com. Oh, I think that's the other show. <laughs> um, so there's SoundCloud, and that's great. Um, if you do have any friends who, because I know a lot of the people who listen to the show, um, I know a lot of the people who listen to the show have kind of come to listen to us from having listened to us on. The Momcast, which is the podcast we do about comics. Yes. Um, Sometimes. That's that's fine, and we love you. We actually do love you guys, guys. Mm. Uh, but if you've got any friends who are parents, we do. Uh, we haven't done it a lot this episode, but we do tend to talk about our kids, and, and but we don't really know. We don't really know any social groups of parents no. or fathers or anything like that and every time I was looking on Reddit today I was having a look on Reddit and I also I almost went on to um, there's a subreddit called uh, men's rights oh. and the the thing is that it's kind of like when you see a red uh, when you see a, an England flag on someone's front lawn it, it should just mean that they're quite happy to live where they live or they want um, or you know in the case of men's rights that maybe they want to help people understand about health concerns and and uh, and how to be better men 
um, and better fathers and stuff like that. But unfortunately, there's a stigma attached to that. And I don't really know. And James and I are going to talk about uh, something in a minute, a, a site that he's found that it shouldn't be the case. But the second I saw the link that he gave me, the minute you see anything about fatherhood, mm. there's always this little uh, this little alarm bell ringing in the back of my head that like, oh, is this going to be is this going to be one of those things where there are like of every ten people who are involved in this organization, nine of them dress up as superheroes and try and get custody to their kids and, and the tenth one is a rampant misogynist. See, you know, it's funny because I, I know what you mean. I have the same same sort of the England fag thing, you know. The England fag thing. Flag thing. Right. Flag is what I said. It's always all BMP, EDL. Yeah. Oh, no, the World Cup's on. Um, and it's the same for me with um, men's rights groups. I didn't have the same association with that when I sent it to you and didn't think about it because I'd come through, I'd come to it from uh, gov.uk. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was, a, and it's a .org. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was a, a government organisation. I can understand. Do you know the trouble I had sending that to you? I first tried to DM it to you. DMs don't allow links anymore. They really don't. No, it's but it like, doesn't yeah. tell you that's why your no. DM isn't going through. No, well, I worked it out. So I texted it to you in the end, and then for and then I then I then I just told everyone what the link was because I moaned about it on Twitter, and now I completely forget what it's called. But it was an interesting resource. Um, I didn't have as much time as I'd hoped to have a look at it when I um when I sent it. Shall it's I called, tell the link? Uh, oh, it's um, all the w's dot modernfatherhood dot org or one word and. The front page of it, I, f- I went there, and the front page of it is largely – there's some interesting statistics to be – and they're quite nicely graphically presented. There's some really nice infographics on um, there. No, there was nothing on the front page that – you see, this is how – and we've talked about this a little bit before, and I don't it, – it almost – it's almost edging into political correctness gone mad territory. <coughs> but the way I kind of <laughs> – there was still looking at all of these stats in the back of my head I was thinking I'm going to have to do too much reading into this site to make sure that these aren't just you can say anything you want with stats again it's funny it's funny I didn't I didn't do is it these three you know I've forgotten it was actually the National Office of Statistics I started off at yeah so I wasn't so keen on the fact checking I assume that the National Office of see that's a big assumption I assume that the National Office of Statistics when they link to facts Fact check, <laughs> fact check the facts. Yeah, and and so and at that point it stopped being about men's rights, my men's rights concerns, and started being about my uh, oh, is this a David Cameron? Oh, the family Christian family type unit type thing. I don't think that's the case now. I'm just saying these are the little. These are what the world has done to me now. I was looking at it thinking I naturally distrust everything I'm reading here. This is not good. Um, but it's quite an interesting site, and some of the yeah. I followed a couple of the links off from the uh, front page. It by no means means anything, but the two blog posts I first found my way to are both written by women, um, and so that was interesting. I read a, I actually went to the Reddit, the subreddit, the MRA subreddit, um, and. One of the things that someone posted was something about a double standard, and it was uh, because it was Father's Day yesterday, which we will talk about in a minute. Although we are going to have to get get a move on, which is which is why I was on um, Modern yeah. Fatherhood. All right, okay. Um, someone had posted something about I wasn't aware of this double standard, and it was a it was somebody posting about uh, women um, who were single mothers pulling double duty on this day on on father's day and i kind of i think the person on reddit was being a little bit facetious um i we know a few people who for one reason or another were largely raised by their their mothers mm-hmm. and so yesterday was quite a difficult day for a lot of people we know or quite an unusual day or a different day for loads of people mm-hmm. we know i'd argue that possibly the same day the same sort of day as mother's day would be for someone who was entirely raised by their father so it's sort of um it's kind of uh it's funny you mention that because actually what i was trying to do was find data uh-huh. um as to what that split looks like right okay um and it's really hard to find 
I, I imagine it probably would be because mm. um, nobody's really – I mean, I don't know if any one – one of the things that's interesting about some of the stuff I read on the site was they were largely talking about – and this is something that always um, I normally see as quite a positive thing. They were kind of uh, – people were talking about how um, – there's not enough there's not really been enough research into what happens to um a- adults adults in a situation where a couple splits and they've got a child like mm. uh there's there's it's one of those things that's always been um an it's not really an ethical hot potato it's a political hot potato you get people uh, using the the um not deconstruction the dissolution of the the dissolution of couples um, and the dissolution of families as a, a a political hot potato that they can use, saying, "Oh, the family is falling apart," and I want to. I think Cameron Cameron in particular is really campaigning on the. He wants to push the push for family. Uh, yeah, but all, thingies and to be fair, I mean, even sort of singling out Cameron's a bit dangerous because because it is it's um, uh, middle England catnip. Yeah, so they yeah. all they all they do, all do it, it. You know, yeah. everyone everyone wants to. It's like the whole um, hardworking families, you know, all that sort of thing. Everyone in in that large middle ground wants to identify with being good a good family. Yeah, you know, there's social cachet. Around that, isn't there? We we still, as a you know, we are still a bit sort of Daily Mail centric when it comes to um, non traditional families mm. in this country. So obviously, all the politicians want to rush towards families because you know everyone. That's a positive thing that the majority of people want to identify with. And um, but but what what a couple of these blog posts I've read kind of indicated is that despite that, despite mm. the fact that lots of people talk about it all the time, there's very little research actually done into what the impact is on the um ac- what the actual impact is on statistically on um adults and on the kids in those situations it, it's it's funny you talk about that because actually one of the things I wanted to do was get some some hard data to back up some of the an- anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. I was seeing on Twitter um on on Father's Day and that's what we're talking about Father's Day obviously it's your first one yeah, I, I hope you were given a were you given a nice gift? Did you get a card and a gift? I was given a card because it was, but it was kind of my birthday mm, the week before, sure. and and I don't really, I've always thought of Father's Day as just a kind of I don't know what the tradition of it is, but I've always felt like it's just kind of a, a an ancillary thing to Mother's Day, really. For some reason, I've just always had that in my head that Mother's Day feels like a much more traditional thing, and Father's Day seems like an one. But I even kind of think that, that Mother's Day is a little bit bullshitty. So it's sort of and that that I think that says an awful lot about the way um, fathers, and especially mm. for I, you know, I'm not even sure that that's changing. I was going to say, especially for our generation, I think it's changed a little bit. But it's very interesting. I was looking through some stats which I left that I left at work about fathers, and it was really it was about. Um, it was about fathers who were in couples, fathers who were lone fathers, mothers who are in couples, and lone mothers about kind of like um, kids' emotional needs and stuff. So how often do you play with them? How often do you go out? How often do you give them cuddles? How often do you praise them? Um, and by and large, it was kind of the same at the top level, you know, the the, the um, lone, lone fathers and lone mothers were, were comparable in terms of how they... Um, you know how they interacted with their children, or you know, in inverted commas, the good parents, as we'd call them. But there was still a noticeable split, um, often sort of ten to fifteen percent, where the mothers responded much higher than the fathers. The, the fathers less likely to give praise, less likely to give hugs, less likely to play with them one on one, less likely to do all of those sort of things. Whereas the mothers were always, almost always, at the high, um, at the high end of the respondents, where the majority of um, the respondents sat. It was always the mothers by by roughly about ten to fifteen percent mm-hmm. that were still taking that more one on one interactive role with the kids, which I thought you know, was interesting, but. Kind of, I don't know. I don't know what I expected to see. I, I, there's an assumption 
I think that oh, we're we're good modern fathers. We're getting really involved. We really care about. We got our kids. called good fathers online, and um, and I loved it. And I do, it, but it, it, it's lovely. But I still take. I don't on, know what it means. <laughs> I, I still take on the minority role mm-hmm. without a shadow of doubt. Nic- Nicola's the one that's given up her career, and she's she's at home. She is, you know, she more often than not, she's the one that puts Scarlett to bed. More often than not, she's the one that will go to Scarlett when Scarlett's injured because she's a call for her. It's sort of that that sort of. And and I don't know how much of that is nature and nurture. As small children, Mm. um, we we tend to call for our mother rather than our father. Fathers seem to be for fun. Mm -hmm. And much as I'm quite an emotional guy and I love hugs and cuddles and want to be there emotionally and try to be, but Scarlett still gravitates towards um, Nicola. I I found it intriguing that there's a comic book artist that you've worked with in the past that's in a same-sex couple. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, he spoke really um, eloquently and interestingly um, in terms, I think it was around Mother's Day actually, yeah. about his relationship with their adoptive children. And um, it sounds like he plays the, in inverted commas, mummy role in the family. And he said his children, even though they're used to um, living with a same-sex couple, they, they both had daddies, when, um, when one of their children is very upset, he will still call for mummy and and this individual will identify as mummy and go and give that yeah. affection, which I found is is very that was curious to me. So the it's weird, isn't it? What which one's more innate? Is it is it nature or nurture? Do I'm not entirely sure. So so Mother's Day and Father's Day are different because as as human beings, I think we have very different relationships generally with our mothers mm. than we do our fathers. And that was borne out on Twitter in terms of the way people were talking about their fathers. Um, and they're, for the most part, very positive people had nice relationships with their with their dads, which is nice to see. There was a, a group of people that are in the same sort of camp as me that find Father's Day sad because we lost our dads mm-hmm. younger than we, we thought of. And I always think of my dad on Father's Day, passed away 15 years ago now. I don't know, we've got friends um, who are in very similar situations and Father's Day can be quite, and was quite a sad day for me until I had Scarlet. And now I I feel very differently about Father's Day. Father's Day is a day for me where, I don't know, it's just I love, I get a card from Scarlet mm-hmm. and she's made it a nursery and it's lovely and she says Happy Father's Day. I get one extra cuddle on Father's Day and for that reason... Father's Day is well worth it. I find it so. I'm so. I'm, I'm such a robot. I don't think anyone would really believe that of me because mm. I seem to be so neurotic. Sure. But I got a message, a text message from my mum, and I was quite conscious of it. Yeah. I was very conscious of it because it was the first Father's Day for. Mm. And because I was already going out on the day for my yeah. birthday. Um, and because it was our first and people – it was my first, so people mm. were being very um, nice about that as well mm. and drawing a lot of attention to it. Um, I was more aware of it than I think I've ever been. But my mum sent me a text message mm. wishing me a happy father, happy first Father's Day. That's really sweet. Which was nice. And I sent her a text message back saying, thank you. That was in the morning. Mm. It wasn't until about 8 o'clock in the evening that I thought – and it wasn't even that it was it wasn't I didn't even come to the mm. conclusion by myself. I was on Facebook and I noticed that my sisters, uh the especially the older one, were my younger they're both younger than mm. me, but the older one of the two was posting lots of pictures of her and my dad from when they got Yeah. When she got married. Not sure. when they got married to each other, they didn't get married mm. to each other. When they got married. And I was thinking, Oh, that's nice. She's posting lots of pictures mm. of dad. Um of her and dad. And I was like, What's going on there though? And it was at that point that I realised I hadn't bothered texting my. I texted my mum to say thank, and she was using my dad's phone. Oh, wow. So I texted back saying thank you for wishing me a happy Father's mm. Day. It didn't even occur to me because it's like, well, I, of course I texted back because when someone says something nice to you, you do it. But I don't mm. really understand it, and I don't. And I kind of feel the same way about Father's Day. I had to actively, in a way that I, Mother's Day, sorry, in a way that I didn't have to about. Um in a way that I didn't have to about Amy's birthday or about our, our anniversaries and stuff mm. like that. Um, I had to actually remind myself to do something for Mother's Day, even though it was her first one, because the 
they seem quite arbitrary to me these days of course they are i can't make a connection and if i can't make a connection if my pattern recognition doesn't mm. come into place with actual relationships and stuff i have a lot of trouble and giving th- a damn I, and i think it's fun to see them as what they're, they're hallmark holidays mm. without a shadow, a shadow of a doubt and i think it's not it's not unhealthy to be a little bit cynical about them, mm. and that's fine. I sort of don't have any expectations. I, I'll never hold it against Scarlett if she forgets her Father's mm. Day, because that's it's fine as long as she still loves me. That's all that really matters. That's all I really crave from my daughter is her love, you know, and that's mm. fine. Everything else kind of is immaterial to me. But um, that's not drawing her to be happy and successful, and you yeah. know what I mean. In terms of our relationship, you know, that's that's the base, you know. As long as you still love me, that's fine, you know. You can call me a silly old fart all you like. That's fine, as long as deep deep down, you, you know, you still care. Um, but that isn't a problem. But I, I, I definitely feel very differently about it. It was a real throwaway sort of, you know, although, you know, getting a present for anyone for any sort of uh, occasion for me is a burden, as you well know, so... Yeah, but I it got, was yeah. it was always it, it was weird. Mother's Day always easier to buy for because you buy your mum some flowers. Um, whereas you know Father's Day, you know what do you buy him? Usually it was you know I remember buying like sometimes I'd buy Dad a funny book that I quite like the look of, you know, mm. or you see you know crap rock albums advertised. It's, it's, a, it's a strange old day, sort of. Um, you know, even even um, the the machine doesn't really know what to buy for Dad for. For Father's Day, there's yeah. no neat boxes there that you can sort of say. No, they're not all into fishing. Or... Dad will definitely. Well, I quite like fishing. Dad will definitely like this. It's very strange. But no, what what was really remarkable for me, and um, what was, as I say, was was Twitter. And you sort of you go back and you maybe look at the way people talk about their mothers. And I know you've have a a complex relationship with your mother. I have. I have a complex relationship with mine, but I think you know that much of that is probably down to me, but. I'm not going to psychoanalyze that particular relationship. But it's certainly, you know, using the feedback like I saw on Twitter, it's mostly positive about mums. My dear old mum, you know, no one I follow I think is estranged from their mother, mm. um, had their mother walk out or, um, you know, a few people maybe have lost them. Whereas an awful lot of people were talking about feckless, mm. careless, absentee fathers and and it seems to be whether it's part of the male conditional but more often than not the absentee will be the father more often than not the truly feckless member of the relationship will be the father and I'm not really sure how I feel about that because I, I kind of when I, I talk to you I think we, we live in a little bit of a bubble of not sort of smug caring parenthood but I, I like to I like to feel that everyone feels the same way about fatherhood that I do, that it's, mm-hmm. I've never done anything so special in my life. It, it's, it's a condition that's brought purpose into my life that, that wasn't there before to the point where I don't know, I don't know who or what I was before I was a father because I've completely, I think I've completely sort of let myself, it, it's become who I am. I identify I identify with the world, but I, I am Scarlett's father. That's the first thing I am mm-hmm. um, in, in my life. It's the most important thing I am in my life. I can't kind of get my head round guys for whom that isn't the case. And even sort of sometimes when you listen to p- people that you would consider to be bad fathers, I, I, Nicola and I were walking behind a couple mm-hmm. um, where we lived the other day and this guy was bemoaning the fact that his wife had been sorry his ex-partner had been berating him on on Facebook and he never gets to see his kid and she was having a go at me I know I'm not meant to go around there but I dropped off some money but she was having a go at me because I was drunk now you know he was trying to provide he in his head I think he was trying to provide for his kid and said, said a few things where he loved clearly seemed to Indicate he loved his child, but was clearly a completely feckless idiot, or an alcoholic, or a, or an alcoholic, and, and the alcoholism made him a feckless yeah. idiot. And I know, I know, sometimes that's how it works: is dependency will make you an idiot rather than you are necessarily an idiot. Nicola and I also remarked that that woman had really found herself a keeper there, and she should really hold on to him with both hands. It's di- it's difficult because <sighs> some people are just assholes. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, 
and we almost touched on it a bit earlier on and hopefully we'll come back to this website because we're running completely out of time now right um but there's a there are evolutionary psychology and biological reasons and why um it's it's easier statistically across a population of six billion uh, bearing in mind that it's the woman who carries the child for nine months and that you don't have to be in a loving relationship to get pregnant mm. um, it statistically it's going there are going to be more single mums than there are single dads because if you've carried a child around for nine months mm. inside you and then you give birth to it you are going to be more connected you're going to want to hold on to it well you're you're going to you're going to have more of a connection to it mm. and um you know a lot of th- there are a lot of situations where it's possible that at the beginning of a pregnancy neither parent is really into having the child but the woman is kind of ends up being forced to have a relationship with the child sure. before it's born just through do, do you know what I mean so I do, yeah, so yeah. the statistics are always going to be naturally skewed one of the things that came up in a couple of the articles I read on this site that I hadn't I'd considered before because it came up when we were talking about who was going to be staying home with the child and who would stay at home with the baby before we knew it was Noah mm. um, and who was going to be staying at work was either because men are on balance paid more than women or which is one of the drivers for the man being the one who stays at work or the fact that it's only recently been a thing that you that the man can that the maternity leave can be transferred to the man that's that's quite a recent thing um but at the same time sometimes i think it's it's something I've said before that patriarchy is a trap for men as well as it is for women. Sure. So the the fathers are always seen traditionally they're always seen as you know I love my dad but he used to go into the back room he'd come home from work go into the back room uh, smoke his pipe maybe go into the shed we'd see him before bed and we'd see him at dinner or whatever and but I don't, I don't know about you even for our generation good dads were still absentee my dad yeah exactly more, more often than not what you know you wouldn't see him and when you did see him he, he was pissed <laughs> well but that's the i think part of that is part of that is that there's it it's supposed to be naturally in the male character that they're not mm. as bothered about kids yeah but certainly from my experience I've seen that everything is pushing you everything is pushing you to take that role and to to treat the baby looking after role as the woman's territory not not just in a oh like the kitchen you know not like yeah. the kitchen is the woman's territory but like I won't let Nicola anywhere near us <laughs> but like um that that idea that you're you're supposed to leave that to her that it isn't really your place you're allowed to go over to the baby once you're invited but that that all sounds very specific like it's actually a, a discussion that mm. happens but i think that uh, if if i i feel sometimes like if i wasn't quite forceful about spending equal time mm. trying to spend equal time with noah um certainly if we hadn't been bottle feeding so i could take the evening shift yeah. I'd have been pushed into that sideline sure. position not because that's what Amy wants but just because that's what happens that's how men sometimes feel you know there's that thing which I've re- observed as a real thing even though I find it crazy because I had experience of babies quite when I was quite young mm-hmm. um, that although I'm kind of weirded out that a lot of women are like this as well, that men feel weird about holding very small babies because they're worried they're going to drop it. They're very fragile. They are very fragile. But, like, we probably handle things that are more fragile than babies all the time and don't think twice about it. It's... it's that's Yeah, but a glass a... doesn't die if you drop it, to no, be fair. But... I, mean, I mean, it does, but, you know, a glass isn't sentient... But you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. A man is perfectly capable of holding a baby and not dropping it mm. and not hurting it. But we we are led to believe by this patriarchy trap that we're all in mm-hmm. that we are somehow clumsy 
and not very good at that domestic stuff anyway that we should just leave it and as much as the advertising and and media and culture is all weighted against women mm. in that regard there are probably as few adverts that have women being complete mm. you know that aren't tampon adverts that have women as self-actualized like people who can go out and do anything they want there are probably just there are probably about as as few of those as there are of men men in a domestic setting where the man isn't just shit at it you call it a trap though i mean you know it's not really it's an excuse isn't it to I not i don't not, know i think i think it can be well i'm sure it can i'm sure there are lots of men who are quite happy with it but mm. you and i i mean most of the most most men that i can think of that that fulfill traditional male roles where they don't really do very much around the house perfectly fucking educated enough to know that they're taking the piss and you know they're not trapped they're taking the piss i think i i think we live in a in a society now where there's very little excuse for this sort of um sticking to traditional gender roles so what you're saying is the majority of people the majority of blokes are quite happy to be stuck in traditional gender roles which you're right about no i, I i'm saying there are not, there are too many of them i don't think i don't think you and i fall into that i don't think we're happy to stay but in. i think you'd find that the majority of women mm. certainly not the people we hear mm. about but the majority of women are quite happy to believe that men are shit at housework and all of that extra I, stuff as I, well. I know individuals like that as well. So it? it's sort of, yeah, you're right. There are a lot mm. of men who use it as an excuse, but there are mm. also a lot of women who use it as an excuse as well. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it isn't fucked. And mm. the the truth of it is, it's a bunch of systems that existed mm. before you and I were even born yeah. oh, that yeah, we, are sure. now, we are now stuck with. Yeah. So in that, that's yeah. what I mean when I say it's a trap. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I mean. Mm. But then we've spoke we've spoken about this before. It's sort of you know, uh, you know the uh, the backgrounds we come from. You know, a, a phrase I hear you think too much, and it, it's this whole thing of um, sticking in these sort of uh, these sort of staid old traditional roles. Is we don't have to think about it. Do you? you don't have to think what you're doing. You don't have to think about what you're doing, and that that's not good enough for me. It's mm. not everyone should think a little bit more. Not and it's not too much. You should think a little bit more about what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, maybe not to the degree I do. That's fine, but certainly when it comes to traditional gender roles, because I think for, maybe for fathers, especially, and I, you know, I'm going to be biased towards this because I'm a man. But if you're fulfilling a traditional gender role as a father. I think you're missing out on too much. It's that's but maybe it is a trap. <laughs> maybe you are right. Maybe I've talked myself around. And I've I've had conversations with uncles where their own mm. kids didn't believe them when they said they'd wish they'd spent more time mm. like doing baby cuddling and changing mm. nappies and stuff. Yeah. But like it was even harder for people to judge. Like you and I are in a position of privilege where we can say, well, I don't give a fuck what my parents think or or what my male cousins or male friends think mm. I'm going to be a hands-on dad I don't care I don't, I'm not bothered if it seems mm. unmasculine or something like that but that pressure sits a lot more heavily on a lot of people than it does on us maybe you and I were never going to be macho men you know no much as I might like to try and play at it sometimes mm. when I don't know people but I think the right, um, mate. Well, this website's this website's quite interesting um, there's a, a lot of a lot of stuff about that. Well, we'll have a, we'll have a little look at that. I, mean, yeah. I think there's possibly stuff to talk about on there without a shadow of that. So we'll get another. But that was Father's Day. I hope, and if you and if you are a father, I hope you had a lovely day. If you're not, um, I hope uh, you had a pleasant day with your father. And if, uh, like me, you don't have one, then it wasn't too testing or trying for you. It's okay not to have given a shit one way or the other as well. Okay. I think. I'm just telling people who have been made to feel bad because they don't give a shit one way or the other about it. Unless you're future Noah and future Scarlet, in which case, no, no, give, give, uh, give daddy a card and a cuddle. I don't have to buy a present. 
Don't even have to buy a card, a cuddle. Isn't Father's Day part of this? Is it too much to call me, Scarlett? Isn't isn't Father's Day part of this, though? Isn't Father's Day like Valentine's Day? With Valentine's Day, we don't have the slightest trouble with saying, well, I shouldn't. there shouldn't be just one fucking day where I act like I care about my partner. No, I should do all the time. that's fair. I think. I, I don't what I'm know. saying is I want Noah to be buying me fucking presents all the time. I got a love flower. I was very pleased with my brother. I got some goggles. Goggles. I really needed... Swimming goggles. Yeah, I really needed a new pair. Not steampunk goggles. I, 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 literally, I can't do two lengths without having to put my finger on my goggle to stop water getting in. I had a good session last Friday, though. I missed the football, but my God, I got 60 lengths done. Like a fish, Nick. A fish. I don't want to be a dick about this, and... I, you know, have liked some steampunk stuff. Mm. But I'm going to finish the show. Mm. We'll say goodbye as well. I'm going to finish the show on just these two, three words. And we won't comment on them. I'd just like to know what people think. He's telling me, not you, listener. Steampunk Battlestar Galactica. Anyway... Uh, it's been a lovely show we've had a lovely time I was a bit mean to James but I'll probably cut that out as I don't want people to think I'm a horrible person Um, (laughs) thank you listener you're awesome bye 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 it's nice to be angry and opinionated I used to like it a lot when I was in my early 30s. Now I find it exhausting. Unfortunately, I can't seem to do anything about it. I think I was very similar to it. I always enjoyed stand-up comedians in Winchester. They'd always talk about the one-way system. <laughs> always. <laughs> what about your uh, What about your one-way system, eh? That's uh, allowing cars to circulate in an efficient way around your around your town there. <laughs> I bet that drives you mad, doesn't it? Only be able to go one way. In other towns, they can go two ways. <laughs> all of them, all of the comedians have done that <laughs> shtick in Winchester every fucking time. Apart from Arthur Smith, give him credit. The joke's on them a little bit now that the one-way system seems mm. to be ubiquitous in most yeah, that's parts true. of most cities. Yeah, 